welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, I always want to say Geek Vibes Live. I'm always trying to like plug our show and, and, instead of our, our actual brand title. Uh, I need to work on that. Uh, but anyway, we are brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, episode 72 tonight, uh, promptly titled KD versus the World, because uh, it kind of seems like that these days. Um, maybe the Warriors versus the World, but particularly KD. Uh, anyway, I'm joined by Luke Owls. What's up, Luke? Hey, man. Glad uh be on tonight's show and uh, talk about this little KD thing because, I don't know, I mean, he seems to have a little uh, chip on his shoulder and I kind of want to see what it's all about. Yeah, he seems a little extra, doesn't he? Like, just a little little bit too extra. He He seems like one of those guys that was like, got passed up 64 times in the draft and was like, I hate every single team right now. I got this huge chip on my shoulder and no one's ever had my back, but... I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird right now. Yeah, I was gonna. I thought you were taking it a different direction. I thought you were gonna say like got passed up like by sixty like sixty different chicks and like so now he's like a dick to like every single chick that he talks to as like a a way to uh, <laughs> oh, get, yeah, get like back at the collective the collective uh, uh, group of women throughout the world because um, we all know guys like that. Um, but uh, but nevertheless. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting uh, for to, to hear everybody's thoughts on on this, especially as it pertains to the uh, KD versus CJ beef, uh, which we will certainly get into momentarily. Uh, but first, uh, let's get into uh, Kevin Love. Some actual news: Kevin Love signed a four-year, one hundred and twenty million dollar contract extension to remain with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Luke. What do you think about this uh, this move uh, by both Kevin Love and the Cavs? See it from both angles uh, with this contract extension. No, I mean for Kevin Love's sake, dude, good signing, man. Go get mm-hmm. your money. Become the, the paid, face of the son. franchise again. This is going to be mm-hmm. your team. You don't got to answer to no one. The locker room is yours, man. Like, good for Kevin Love. Like, I'm excited, you know, because. You haven't really seen a Kevin Love that the offense has been really constructed through and since the Minnesota days. I mean, those days, he was right. 26 and like 13. Not saying he's going to return to those days, but this is a different Kevin Love. He could Love. be I mean, close, though. He's not, he could be close, and he's not as chunky. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's in way better shape. He takes way better care of his body now. The injury factor thing can come in, but I don't think he's going to have to play as much stressful minutes. Um, because I kind of like it for the Cleveland sake. Yeah, you're not going to be a competing team, but why go straight back to tanking, especially next year when the Hawks have your pick? So there's no point to tank next year. So might as well. Well, have a competing it's Wonder Ten protected, so they would get but to keep I don't, it. But I, like, I don't see them being that low of a team. There's a lot of worse teams in my mind right now. They have to be really bad. But I mean, I don't see them really being that bad. I can see them being a good, serviceable team. Right now with, you know, you got Sexton. I would build around. I would definitely renegotiate with Hood and Nance. And my starting would be Sexton, maybe Hood. Depending, uh, yeah, probably Sexton, Hood, Study Offman, Lo- uh, Love and Tristan with Nance Clarkson coming off my bench. Not bad. Not, not a bad, but, you know, nothing spectacular. But, you know, the East, 
you have your top four right now, and then you have the other teams that, that can compete there. So I think they'll definitely make it interesting. As Might as well just, you know, it, no team ever wants to be in this situation, the middle-tier teams that just make the playoffs. But for Cleveland's sake, you've got your championship, you know, might as well just keep the money flowing, keep the team interesting. Don't go to what it did the first time uh, LeBron left and just tanked. It was terrible, and they weren't really ever good until he came back. They were going to build around a crazy Anthony Bennett, Wiggins, Kyrie team. Jeez, imagine if that was the Cavs right now. Oof. Oof. Yeah. God. Yeah, like yeah. Kyrie would have would have probably been in the same boat as, as per requesting a trade. Like, you know, like – I mean, yeah, that that would that would be a terrible fucking team. Like, and can you imagine? Like, <laughs> the other thing is, like, sure they would have gotten better picks along the way, but like the only person that they picked up who was really good is Kyrie Irving. Because uh, I mean, like you said, even Wiggins, man, like, like, damn, like Wiggins is like, even though they you know got Kevin Love out of the deal, like it was all good and everything, but like. Uh, Embiid was the guy you wanted to take that year. Like, in granted, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he, even like Wiggins was just just not a not a great player. Um, at least not yet. I mean, he's still got the potential, but he ain't there yet. Um, so yeah, that would be a terrible team. Um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately, I kind of agree with you in a sense of like the East is so weak right now. If you can make a couple couple trades here or there to like bolster your 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 lineup and not be so um like big heavy and and uh like guard heavy uh I think there's a lot that you can do with this team they really need a couple wings um I've got a couple a couple trade proposals that I want to throw out there um I've got an interesting one involving uh um Toronto uh I think CJ Miles for Kyle Korver and the Cavs get a future second out of Toronto. Um, if you're if you're Toronto, you don't need CJ Miles anymore. Um, I mean, you just traded for Kawhi and you got Ananobi to come off the bench. Like you signed CJ Miles last year because you weren't sure if Ananobi was going to be any good, but he is. And you know, if you could bolster your three point shooting, have Kyle Korver backing up Danny Green. Um, that makes a lot of sense to me. It also saves Toronto, like, I don't know, like one, $1.2 million or something like that. Um, and if you're, you know, if if you're Cleveland, you really, really need some more depth at the three. And, and I know Kyle can, like, can play the three. Um, but, you know, if you can get a player like C.J. Miles, who's a little more versatile, a little younger, he's about, like, five, six, seven years younger than Corver. Um I think that's a pretty good trade, especially if you can get a future second round pick out of it. Um, so I think I think that's something uh for them to consider. Um I also think um there uh a, another trade that, you know, we had discussed was uh them trading love, but I I I don't think that's possible, but I still think they could trade for Baysmore, whether that was, you know, a George Hill involved trade or even like a J.R. Smith trade. They could trade J.R. probably for Baysmore straight up because Smith has a um, – he's only guaranteed, I think, $3.87 million next season. Uh, so the Hawks would jump on that in a second so they could try to buy him out and even save a little bit on that $3.87 million. Um, 
Like, if they could do pull off a move like that, get a guy like C.J. Miles or Tim Bazemore, maybe both. Like, you could probably swing getting both of those guys, honestly. Um, like, yeah, and, you know, I, I bet you the Hawks would even throw in that uh, Minnesota or L.A. pick, whichever one is, is you know, less favorable, um, 2019 second rounder, uh, to get that deal done because of the, the, the cap space that it would afford us, um, you know, moving forward. Um but yeah, I mean, as far as the Kevin Love signing though, I it's a it's a little high. Um, Thirty million a year for for Kevin Love is a little high, but that's the way these things go. I mean, when you're when you're a team and you only have one All Star, that All Star knows he's not going to win a championship here. Now, luckily, Kevin Love already has his ring, so he ain't really worried about that. I think he likes it in Cleveland, and so yeah, you overpay him a little bit, so he'll he'll stay around, you know, and. That's just that's how things work. So I, I I like it for the Cavs. I think it was smart. I think with a couple of tweaks, they could be at least a, a fringe playoff team. You know what I mean? Like that's what I would be looking for. Honestly, what I would really like to do is those two trades that I just brought up. So getting in C.J. Miles, getting in Bazemore, losing J.R. Smith, and and moving on from Kyle Korver. Uh, and then keep George Hill while uh, for like the first half of the season while Sexton is, you know, getting, you know, getting his reps and getting, you know, his confidence and everything. Then trade him in the middle of the season, promote Sexton to the starter, Clarkson as your like official backup point guard. Um, and then, you know, trade George Hill. He's essentially an expiring contract. You know, you could probably get a lot for, for George Hill. Uh, and, you know, if, if some injuries rear their heads or whatever, like you might find teams being a little more desperate, um, you know, to move cap and get a um, quality point guard, whether it's as a starter or a backup. So that would be what I would do if I was Cleveland. But uh, regardless, the Kevin Love is, is certainly a, a great first step in the direction of trying to stay competitive. Now they just need to make the other necessary moves. Like you said, Luke, re-signing Rodney Hood is, is probably the first thing, and then you know making a couple necessary trades uh, in order to fill out their roster where where the gaps are, uh, particularly you know the wings. So, um, but anyway, uh, Jawan is now joining us. Jawan, what did you think about uh, Kevin Love uh, and the Cavs agreeing to a four-year, hundred and twenty million dollar extension? Uh, I like it a lot for both sides. Um, I think that team, uh, depending on what the final roster looks like and, and what that starting lineup looks like, I think that team has potential to make the playoffs survive for like a seventh or eighth seed in the East. I mean, it's the East. And I've always viewed Kevin Love uh, the same way I viewed Chris Bosh, to where a lot of people like um, saw the Miami Chris Bosh and then kind of started to devalue him but forgot uh, about the great numbers Chris Bosh put up when he was by himself in Toronto. Um, now, I know the biggest knock on Kevin Love was he put up all those great numbers but could never make the playoffs. I would say to that, the West has always just been, like, super stacked. But Kevin Love has never been, like, an Anthony Davis kind of player to where he just completely swings the pendulum. Um, he's just somebody that can help <laughs> whoever your guy is that could swing the pendulum. He helps that guy. Um, but he's in the East now, and I don't think the East is that strong to where I can think of a one through eight, um, 
you know, leaving them out. So I, I think they could be super competitive. I think we'll see the Kevin Love um, that we that we knew back in, in Minnesota. Maybe not to that, that extent, but I think Kevin Love is definitely going to be an all-star this year. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch him uh, do his thing over in Cleveland. And if you're Cleveland, there is no way you could, because that fan base would completely give up on you. In the span of, what, a year or two, you would have lost Kyrie, LeBron, and Love? Yeah, yeah. I don't think, because there's, there's no way you get another superstar there unless you draft right. And we know, besides the two obvious choices for draft picks, uh, Kyrie and LeBron, Outside of that, Cleveland's not that good drafting. I mean, you got a new GM, so maybe that helps. Um, you know, I'm not one that's just being a Knicks fan. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, no, I agree. Probably not. Um, so, I mean, this is a really smart move. I agree with you. It was a little bit uh, – they, they paid him a little bit too much, more than I would have thought I needed to pay Kevin Love. Uh, but you're, they, unfortunately, are at a point to where if they didn't give him the right number – Excuse me. You never know. A guy like Kevin Love could maybe want to go uh, somewhere else once his contract is up. So if you're Cleveland, like I said, in the span of two years, you would have lost three All-Stars. And I don't think that city can take that. Um, so it was a good move on both ends. Kevin Love is a guy who seems like he's in a mindset to where he wants little to maybe no expectations. Um, and that's exactly what he would get uh, playing for Cleveland next year. Zero to, you know, pretty much, well, no expectations whatsoever. No one's thinking like championship or anything for that team. No, no uh, one. But I, I mean, I. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go. Finish your thought. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, um, if, if anything, like I said before, I would give them, uh, you know, at the most fighting for that seventh or eighth seed. But that's, that's all I can do. Yeah, and that's, and that's, I think, where the no expectations thing comes in. I don't think anyone expects them to make the playoffs. Even it's just. And it'll depend on what kind of moves they can make, but like if they can fight for that seven or eight seed, which was is within the realm of possibility. I mean, when you run down the East, you have Boston, Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee, um, Washington, and what's the sixth team? There are six teams. Indiana. So you have those six teams that that should be locks to make the playoffs. Um, and outside of that, you got Miami. You got um, Charlotte. You got. You want to throw um, Detroit in there nicely, or? Yes, I do. I would throw Detroit in there, um, and then you got Cleveland, and then you know, then you got teams like Orlando, who could surprise people, but I, I would, I it would would surprise me. Um, but like, I was gonna be like, are you, you gonna know, be you one got... of those surprises? Because I don't see any faith in that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I mean. You've got to drop off after those teams. Like, so, so I would put Cleveland in that group of four teams that are fighting for that seven and eight seed. You know what I mean? Um, you know, just with the fact that you have Kevin Love, we can see Kevin Love uh, kind of go back to his, his kind of way of doing things. And I, I also think, like, without LeBron there, without this sort of um, this this, like – this weight on everybody's shoulders as far as like, man, if we don't play well enough, like LeBron's going to leave and blah, 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 blah. And the city's going to hate us. And we always get blamed when everything, when shit goes wrong, we don't get any credit when shit goes right. Like that's just got to wear on you. And after like four years of that, I'm sure all of those guys are probably like looking at this situation. Like, you know what? 
we weren't going to beat the Warriors even with LeBron. Like, you know what? Now we can just fucking all play our game. Uh, you know, we don't have to run an offense through LeBron James. We can all, you know, get get touches and move the ball around and, and try out, you know, some new shit and see what sticks, you know. So I, I feel like that kind of – if they embrace that kind of carefree mantra uh, approach to the game, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if they if they you know finished in, in the seventh or eighth seed, or at least you know close within within striking distance of the seventh or eighth seed. Um, and I'm, you know that that'll bode well for my Hawks. So I would love to see it. Juwan. Yeah. No. I was gonna say I'm also the the biggest thing I'm interested in as far as the Cavs uh, this upcoming season is. I always thought when Tyrone Lue was was brought in that he was just like somebody LeBron thought he could control. Uh, who obviously played the game, so knows the game. Um, I would I never um, thought was real quick. Are you I saying this? Yeah, puppet. puppet. <laughs> uh, yes, that's pretty much what he's saying. Um, <clears throat> I would say not someone that LeBron could control, um, but somebody who could not manage LeBron, but who who knew how to um, how to act when it came to LeBron and not. Um, to treat LeBron like the prima donna that he is and not try to coach LeBron, but try to um, more or less try to um, walk on eggshells around LeBron. And, you know, like I don't think LeBron ever, um, like, well, I won't say ever because we have footage of him, like, shouting at him and then fucking Ty Lue sitting down on the bench. But, like, I I don't think LeBron was, like, always calling shots. I just think, like, I think Ty Lue, like, called most of the shots. But I think Ty Lue knew when to shut up. And, like, when LeBron, when he saw that look on LeBron's face, is like, I know what we're doing here. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm running this shit here for a second. Like, Ty Lue knew when to step back. So, like, I think... I think that was more his role was just like knowing, knowing the ins and outs of LeBron and knowing when to, you know, when to step up and when to step back. I think that was what was important. I don't necessarily think it was as much like just do everything LeBron says. I don't, maybe, well, maybe I'm wrong though. Well, I, I won't say you're wrong cause I can't cause <laughs> neither one of us were on that sideline. So I'm in no position to tell you that you were wrong. Very I can true. definitely see exactly where you're coming from. Uh, the, the the point I was trying to make was um, I, I always thought Spolstra was just like some guy that, you know, was, was okay at coaching or whatever when he was first in Miami. And then it was like, all right, well, you lucked up and got like three all-stars. And then when LeBron and, you know, LeBron left and then Bosch was kind of like with the uh, unfortunate um, health issues, I learned that, this guy, Eric Spolstra, can coach. Like, this guy can coach. You get him out of the whole idea of, like, you know, these super high expectations that he did live up to. That guy that guy can really coach. I wanted to see yeah. when you don't have those superstars, what can you do? And he has shown that he can make something work uh, with what a lot of people maybe didn't think uh, could, could do much. So what I'm looking forward to seeing is can Ty, Ty Lu like, show people that, you know, I am an actual good head coach. I mean, you know, LeBron was here. We did our thing, Kyrie, whatever. But I can actually coach, especially coach this team into an eighth seed. And I think that would be a huge thing for that, that organization. If you can get Ty Lue 
to get that team in a playoffs post-LeBron, and you didn't even have to wait like 10 years to rebuild to do it, I think that would be something huge for that uh, that franchise. Yeah, I think they're – I would say I still think they're like a – as you kind of alluded to earlier and I said, like, they're, they're like a piece away. They just – like, bring back Hood is a big thing, but, like, they need to trade for somebody. I really do think Bazemore would be great for them, despite my obvious bias there. But that's why I also threw out <laughs> C.J. Miles. I think I, – I, but, no, I think I think both of those guys, like, if they can pull off both of those moves, I, I really do. I think I think they're, they're both younger than both J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver. Like, that's the big thing. Like, they need to get younger because um, they got a lot of old guys. So, like, if you can move Korver, and, like, by no means, is, I mean, C.J. Miles is, like, 31, um, and Kent Bazemore is, like, 28, 29. Like, they're not young, but they're still in their quote-unquote primes. Uh, and, you know, I just think that would be a better constructed roster than what they currently have, and I totally think those are feasible trades for them. In fact, I think not only would that help their roster, but they could get picks back because – it helps the other two teams too. So um, I don't know. I, I I just really like both of those moves. And then, like I said, if you can if you can keep George Hill, utilize him for the first half of the season, and then move on from him um, kind of halfway through the season. You know, I mean, you never know. I mean, let's say the the Lakers, you know, end up uh, you know Lonzo ends up going down for the season. Like and the Lakers are like fuck, we need a point guard, and we still want to move on from Wall Dang. Like fuck it, dude, we, we've got a good record. We can tell this is going to work well enough. Fuck it, we'll give you two first rounders if you give us an expiring contract for Luol Dang. And then you know, if you're the Cavs, you're sitting there like, all right, <laughs> like fuck it, They're like yeah. I mean, you give us two first rounders, like yeah, I'll, I'll I'll make that deal. So like, it just you know, just throwing shit out there, but. um but no, I mean, I, I think they got a I lot of say, options. I would say, and I know this probably couldn't happen, but I would just really love this for the Cavs. If um, they could try to do, like, maybe a three-team trade, possibly, if they can get that worked out somehow, I would love Ingram and Kevin Love um, for the next few years tag-teaming, uh, you know, with, with Sexton, of course. Um, just pretty much trying to lead the charge uh, with with the Cavaliers. I think because yeah, that's, that's a nice happen. young player. Yeah, I know, I know. I just I, I would love <laughs> for Ingram to go there uh, and, and kind of just you know see if he can lead that team at least past like the first round or something. I'm talking future wise, not like next year. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I know what you mean. Probably couldn't happen. Well, if you believe the reports, the Lakers wouldn't give up Ingram for Kawhi, so uh, they're definitely not oh, going to give yeah, up Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> for anything the Cavs got, so um, yeah, that's you know, true. It, even even if it is expiring contracts. But uh, but anyway, um, Luke, before we move on, did you want to add anything uh, to the the love Cleveland? Any of the trade talk? Anything we've mentioned? I know. Real quick, I just want to say, um, you guys said it's uh, like you wouldn't pay that much, but if you really look at it, I, I mean, it is a lot. It's going to be like thirty million, thirty-two maybe cap out, but. If you really look at it, he's only going to be 34 by the end of it. There's a lot of other players that are getting paid in the 40s that have way worse contracts. So, yeah, it is is a big extension, but there's a lot like Conley and, like, there's a lot of those people. Like, even Chris Paul is going to be getting paid some crazy numbers. Like, Love is still only just turning 30. So, by the time this ends, he's 34. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, but, I mean, it's well-invested money. Like you said, Juwan, you don't – 
want to send the cast band back into misery and just and tanking and all that. Just, you know, keep on making Cleveland good. They got a good baseball team. Keep the basketball team. Hopefully the Browns, you know, keep that city alive. Like, just don't make two miserable franchises in your city so that your whole city crumbles. So I like, I like it. It'd be funny if the two teams, ex-LeBron teams, were the seventh and eighth seed with Miami and the Cavs speaking <laughs> out with Tyron Liu actually that proving be. himself. And, uh, you know, Eric Spolstra showing that he is actually a good coach. Because I think Tyron Liu is a good coach. I remember him on the Celtics days, always calling the timeouts. Looked like he drew up a lot of the late game inbound plays. So I do believe in him as a coach. I think he'll be able to show. It's just like everyone. you got to scratch off, like, Hood's year, Clarkson's year, all them struggling. Like, just scratch all that and just we're rewriting it this year. But I do like the trade G throughout. Um but I would keep the guys. I wouldn't be in any rush because I would still keep the shooters around Sexton and all that. And I want Georgia, like you say, being my little mentor for Sexton, even starting at yeah. the like, beginning and then Sexton. But, uh, but just still keep the shooters around. Like, keep Corver there so if Sexton needs to pop it out, it was a bad play. And there's hey, Corver well, like, hey, well, three. Hold and on. Kind of making your, like, kind of making your, like, you know, your confidence a little bit better because it's going to be rough times for Sexton. Yeah, but Bazemore shot 39% from three last year. Like, Bazemore's a good shooter. I thought and he, he shot even better. for the C.J. Miles deal. That's what I'm saying. If I'm doing Bazemore before, oh, okay. I can yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going off yeah, yeah, the C.J. Miles one. Like, you know, I still keep my shooters. Like, I'm getting J.R. Smith off my books. But still, J.R. Smith could shoot a three. You know, he's still a good, decent shooter. I mean, you can't yeah, he just, just put the terrible he, he last case of J.R. Smith on our mind. Yeah, but I think, you know, he, right. he might learn his yeah. role or the get stigma. the buyout. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, the, that's another good point. Like, the stigma around JR as of right now in Cleveland is not good. I mean, it can't be after, you know, game one in the final. So, like, that that's another reason why getting him out of there makes a lot of sense. That's why I really think just like a straight-up trade. The Hawks get the cap space. The – Cavs get a, a really solid player who can play both the two and the three. So, like, even if you keep Korver, like, you, you put Bays in there, Bays can start at the three. And, you know, then then you got, you know, Hood um, and uh, with Korver backing them up, and you got Bays at the three with a, a, a Jetty Oseman backing him up. Like, that's a pretty good – that's not bad. Like that's that's a that's a reasonably good roster. I mean, the last time that you know Bayes played with, you know, a really really good power forward was with Paul Millsap and the Hawks. You know, that was the, those were really that season. Those were like their two best players. The last year the Hawks made the playoffs because Schroeder hadn't quite hit, um, you know, his, his uh, like where he got to at the beginning part of last season before he just stop giving a fuck um and then you know like the, the rest of the team was just like young players and you know so like Bayes was pretty much our second best player um and the Hawks made the playoffs with that roster so you know I I think he's the kind of player that you want if you are a like a fringe playoff team I think he can really help you um and we just signed Vince Carter, which we'll get to right now. Uh, but, like, we just signed Vince Carter, so, like, the Hawks don't really need that sort of more mentorship role anymore. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's jump into that. Uh, we're we're going to skip ahead to topic three and come back to topic two because I like transitions. Uh, so the Hawks signed Vince Carter 
uh, just a one-year veteran minimum deal. They want him in there. Good, good locker room guy, good culture guy. You know, I'm sure they probably want him like Sharon, just, just being around and sharing stories and, you know, what have you. Um, it pains me to think that this is, this is, I would assume the only place that Vince could get like a contract because I mean, like I would really, really after him playing with the Kings last year and then like he was on Memphis the year before that. And that was the year that they were still like reasonably good, but like, it, it's a bummer, man, to see him go from the Kings to the Hawks. Like, I really, really would like to see him go play for, like, a contender. Like, I I guess he really is just just a locker room guy at this point. He's, he's like Kendrick Perkins. Like, you're not really expecting him to get on the court and really contribute. Because um, I would I you know, I would have really liked to have seen him go to the Rockets. Um, you know, a, a team that, like, just lost two small forwards, like, throw Vince Carter in there, man. Like, he's – the dude is, is Vince Sanity. He's he's a fucking – well, he was a great player. He's still a really smart player. He knows how to play the game. Like, and he's not – he's not like Iso Joe, who you picked up last year, who's, like, only good for scoring, you know, like, if that. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think – I, don't get me wrong. I'm really happy the Hawks got him. I, I love having him on the team. It, 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 Luke, you joked the other day, this is the biggest signing the Hawks have ever had. It, and I thought about it, and I was like, it, I mean, honestly, it is the biggest name we've ever gotten <laughs> to, to sign with us like to, as a free agent. Like, I can't think of any name that's bigger than Vince Carter. Like, granted, Vince Carter now isn't Vince Carter, you know, 15 years ago. But still, like – I mean, it's that's. I think you're right about that. Um, so I I really like the signing for a veteran minimum deal and and what he's going to bring to the team. I'm just really surprised that nobody like nobody else really wanted to pick him up. Like it's it's surprising to me. But uh, anyway, uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts on uh, on Vince Carter signing with the Hawks? Um, I thought it was. <laughs> I agree with you. Only reason why it bugged me that he signed with the Hawks uh, was because it's like, Vince, all I wanted for you was to go out on top, for people not to go Vince Carter. Like, what Vince – like, people forget Vince Carter isn't only a dunker. Like, um, I was just listening to the jump earlier. I don't want to steal this. It may sound like it's mine. But uh, they brought up a great point. That playoff series against the Sixers, um, where it was him and AI going at it, like that was Vince Carter. Like, One of the best series I've ever watched, man. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was showing you that he's more than just a, a dunker. Like, oh hell you know, yeah! That's the same. That's the same stigma that Blake got, and Blake had to, you know, completely get out of that whole realm of oh, he's just here to do in-game dunks. That's all he can do. So Vince, a lot of people sleep on the fact that he's more than just a dunker. I won't remember Vince as just a dunker. Um, he was an overall great player. And as you see from organization to organization that he's gone to, he's an amazing leader. Um, so there's so much you can remember Vince by as a player. But I just kind of wanted to see him go out on top getting a ring. It's not like if he went to, let's say, Houston, like you said, Nick. It's not like he would go there and barely contribute. The guy can still ball. He would go out there, and I'm not saying he would drop like 30, but he would definitely help that team out. Um, and, you know, let's say that they do get mellow. 
I mean, Melo starting, Vince Carter coming off the bench, that's not horrible. I mean, it's not great, but it's not horrible. Um, I would have really enjoyed that. But, I mean, I just wanted to see Vince go out with the championship same way I wanted to see Dirk go out. But, unfortunately, they're guys that I guess just love the game so much. To them, it doesn't matter where they play. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately, you know, how it goes is, is you know, if he can get it, if he can get a team to sign him, he's going to keep playing because he just loves loves the game and loves the life and loves the locker room and everything about it, you know. So, um, so I'm glad in that in that sense that he got a spot. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I just especially for a guy like Vince, who's you know been there several times, like been close several times, whether it was in Toronto or in in um, New Jersey, like he. he He's had he's been on teams that were really good and just never could quite get there and you know I I would like to see him get another shot you know before uh, before he calls it quits um, but uh, but yeah I uh, ultimately agree with you there Juwan Luke uh, what are your thoughts on Vince Carter signing with the Atlanta Hawks No I love it I mean yeah I want to see Vince go out on top but I just don't see any team taking that I mean I don't really see him like just pushing the needle up for any other team. I hate to say that. I love Vince Carter to death, but love it for Atlanta. I hate the joke, but it, it, it could be the biggest signing ever. But I think it's great. I'm kind of excited to see who's going to put under his wing. Is Prince going to take this next step in his game? I mean, Vince Carter's a good person to learn under. Definitely teach you how to dunk on some people. And Prince had some good dunks last year, so I'm excited for that part. See who's going to take under his wing, really teach him the game and help mold him in that fashion. And also, I mean, two huge things coming out of Atlanta. I mean, Vince City, and then you get the concessions. Have you heard about this? This $5 beer, popcorn, once you buy it, infinite refills, dollar drinks, $2 hot dogs. I mean, what else do you need in one other day? Atlanta, let's go. <laughs> I'm a Celtics fan, but I live in Atlanta, and I'm pumped. I mean, way to go. We got Vince Carter to watch, and everything's cheap. So that's awesome. So I'm excited for what the Hawks did, you know. They're definitely a rebuilding team, and they're not denying what they are. But, you know, they're going to get you something a little flashy, you know. You might go to that game and Vince Carter did some crazy dunk, and you're like, yo, dude, heck yeah. I mean, Hawks just lost, but that dunk Vince Carter did was crazy. So, I mean, and that's exciting. optimal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's going to throw – I give him four throughout the year. It's going to be pretty good on Atlanta's court. It's going to be exciting. So, you know, yes, it shows four games. But I'm excited. Atlanta got a good veteran. Yeah, it'd be nice if he could have gone to a team. But, I mean, if I'm Houston, like you just said, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit better than Joe Johnson. But I don't want the same thing. And I want Joe Johnson again and all that. I mean, so Vince Carter is just wants to be a mentor and, just, you know, get some playing time to show his value to a team. That, so, if, if he doesn't mind them being terrible, I like it. And. It's, it's it's big for Atlanta, you know? Got Vince Carter coming. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I totally agree. Um I uh I after I was spurned uh by the Hawks when they traded Doncic, I I said like if we drafted Doncic, I was going to buy the first jersey that I had bought since I was like fucking 12. I don't know. Like I don't I don't buy jerseys anymore. Um, but, uh, maybe like, oh, for real? I would have bought a couple but, of Hawks jerseys in that time. Well, no, I would have bought, I would have bought a Doncic jersey. I already said that I would have bought the, I would have wanted the old school, uh, you know, the blue ones with the, uh, with the, the green, 
uh, swooping stripe that goes down the pistol Pete uh, era ones. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have with that. The, yeah, and they have the numbers on the back with the names underneath yeah. the numbers instead of above. Like I would have wanted uh, like a retro, one of those retro with Doncic on it. I think that would have been really cool. Um, but uh, but maybe maybe I'll still buy a Vince Carter jersey. Like I think I think that would be kind of cool just to have one. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always been a big uh, fan. Don't and, forget and by your mellow jersey. You can get a oh, mellow Vince Carter jersey. All the I ain't no. Come on, no. Hell no, 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 not doing it. Um, but uh, it, hey, if he had gotten us out of Bazemore's contract, I might have done it. But <laughs> he didn't. He got us out of Dennis, <laughs> uh, which is still good. But you know, um, but nevertheless, uh, not to mention, uh, like I, I just want to brand this. Uh, I've already mentioned it on the Hawks page that that I'm on and in in our messages. But like, we need to brand this shit, Flynn Sanity. Vlin fucking sanity. We got Vin sanity. We got Lynn sanity. Hashtag Vlin sanity. Like, dude, like, fucking get on that branding team. I haven't seen it anywhere. Like, that shit needs to fucking be there. That shit's fucking lit. Um, yes, I just said lit. Um, I'm a 29 year old man, and I just said lit. Um, but uh, <laughs> what? Hey, what are you gonna do? Um, anyway. Uh, Let's move on uh, before I, I use any other, uh, uh, you know, lingo that, you know, early 20s kids use, uh, kids, young adults use that I shouldn't be using. Uh, Dwayne Wade got a contract offer from a Chinese basketball team, the Golden Bulls, uh, and it's $45 million. I'm sorry, not 45 25 million dollars over three years that's that's pretty good fucking money that's gonna be a lot more money than he would make here and that would make him the richest uh contract in the chinese basketball association guys do you think Dwayne wade should take it and do you think he will take it uh i'm gonna start with you on this one luke Okay, let me just start with a, a hell no, and then from his perspective, a definitely hell no. So here's two things straight <laughs> up. First off, this this money's not going to translate to $25 million. I hate to say after taxes all that. China's going to create some crazy taxes and some foreign things, so that's definitely not $25 million. Second of all, Stefan Marbury already kind of warned him. This place where he's playing, and I did kind of look it up, this is in Siberia. This isn't in China. This isn't, like, the worst, like, part. He's not going to have his commercial flights and all that. No, Dwayne Wade is not the type of player that needs to do this with his career where he needs to go out like this and all that. Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade can do whatever he wants. He can wait and sign him with the team and still be very, like, good for a team or just go with the Heat because he said he kind of wants to stay with the Heat for the rest of his career. So, no, Dwayne Wade doesn't have to take this maybe four years or five years from now and help him put Definitely not for where this thing is. That money's not that much. I'd rather take a veteran's minimum in the NBA than go there any day. Dwayne Wade's too good of a player. He's not there at his career. Marbury had to go over there because that's like he was his only option. Dwayne Wade doesn't have to do that. And it's just it's a way different beast. I mean, oh, man, I can't think of her name right now. And this is going to be really disappoint me. She was on the jump. She's a great Boston writer too. I don't know why I put my name, but Jackie, she said she went to Jackie one. Jackie McMullen. Yes, 
Yeah, Jack McMullen. Sorry, thank you so much. Jack McMullen said she went to one game in China, and everyone smokes in there because there's no smoking lot. So you're going to have – and there's no AC. Nice. So everyone's smoking with the doors open, and it's freezing. So, yeah, Dwayne Wade should not go through a miserable Chinese thing, getting maybe like $15 million of that money, maybe at most that. So, no, not, not worth it for his fact, not the money. And he would just definitely say, hell no, even if he has a shoe brand out there. That's all you got to do. Go down during the summer, release a new shoe, be that happy guy, do your summer little things, and get out of there and go back to the NBA. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like, if you're going to go to China, like, get yourself set up in Hong Kong or Beijing, like, somewhere that's, like, legit, you know, like, not – where is it, like – like Beijing or something. It's a city I've never fucking heard dude, of, dude. Siberia, dude. That just yeah. sounds so cold and miserable. <laughs> like there's nothing yeah, warm and nice about that sound. Like no, no. that's on the edge of no. like China. That's like, dude. Yeah. That's like China's like edge of like no one even goes over there. Like they could still think no a king flight, is in China. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, yeah, you want to be like if you're D Wade, you want to be in Hong Kong, man. Like. The southern part of China, like on the coast, like yeah, that, I could I could live with that. But you know, and and even before like I like knew this, like this is new information to me. Like new shit has come to light as to more reasons why D Wade shouldn't do this. But like I I don't know. I just I didn't see him going to China in general. Like I don't see you know like we like you said, Luke. He had already said like he wants to finish his career in Miami. Like I mean I I just. I didn't see it. Um, there are players that I could see it for, but he wasn't one of them. Um, and, you know, even if the money was right, like even if the taxes weren't crazy, like, yeah, I mean, that's 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 reasonably good money, but, like, like dude, D-Wade has money. He doesn't fucking need money. So, you know, like, he's, he's going to bide his time and – probably re-sign with the Heat on a vet minimum deal, or maybe they'll be nice to him and give him the um, luxury tax exception for one year, um, which is what they should do. The fucking Heat should do that. Um, you know, I understand they're in the luxury tax. Dwayne Wade doesn't necessarily, I mean, maybe helps you a little bit, but, that, I mean, he's not any kind of game changer Do anymore. they have room um, for him, too? Uh, as far as roster space? No, I mean, just, like, that position's pretty, like, they're pretty stacked already as it is without throwing weight in that mix. They got a lot right. of twos. Yeah. Like, wings and, they, and guard position. But Wade really played the much. one. He really played the backup point guard um, last year, at least in the playoffs, um, and he was very effective at it. Um, and he's a lot better at it than Tyler Johnson. So, you know, I think in that respect you could use him. Um but no, I mean, I, I feel you. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think he really helps you win games, um, <clears throat> or at least he might help you win a game here or there. But he doesn't help you win multiple games. Um, I honestly like, I think he should just go to L.A. Man, like, go out to L.A. Like, I'm sure he's got a house out there. Go join LeBron and just you know have fun with that team. I, I'm honestly kind of surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Like. I know they tried it out last year in Cleveland and whatnot, and it didn't work, but this seems such a fucking hodgepodge of fucking players. Like, Dwayne Wade would fit in fine. He would be the least of the Lakers' concerns as far as who's fitting in and not, you know. 
So, um, I, I don't know. I, I think if, if I'm Dwayne Wade, that's where I would be looking to go. Um, you know, especially because I could be wrong, but I don't think, no, I think they did. I think they used the room level exception or at least part of it. They used part of it on Michael Beasley because they signed him like a $3.5 million deal, I think. And that's definitely more than a veteran minimum. Um, so yeah, you would have to sign for the vet men, but you know, if that's all Miami's going to offer you, um, maybe think about going to LA. It could be nice. Although I will say this, uh, Florida, no state tax. So kind of a bonus, uh, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts on Dwayne Wade potentially going to China to play a little basketball over there? Uh, my thoughts are if you're not going to play in the NBA, you should go to the big three. Uh, Dwayne Wade absolutely has no reason to go over there and play. Uh, I heard people like on TV saying, you know, he has a good relationship over there, but it's like, I mean, if Dwayne Wade was like 24, yeah, go over there. I guess it does something for your brand, but it's like, you've already cemented your, your legacy. Like people know you here overseas. Like what, what do you need to go over there? Four. Like you can still play basketball here in the NBA. It's it's not like you're you're Nate Robinson. Like you don't have any other options. Like you have to go do something like the big three or go overseas. Like you're Dwayne freaking Wade. You can still play in the NBA. To the point that you made about him going to LA, he just posted a photo today, I think maybe even like a few hours ago, of him uh working out with um LeBron at some gym. Um, so I mean it's it's not far fetched and I I personally hate when people say it didn't work in Cleveland. Cleveland had a team issue that Dwayne Wade, I, I personally don't believe, was a part of. I thought Dwayne Wade played well. I thought when they asked someone of his caliber to come off the bench, he was like, okay. He was a little upset with it, but he was like, okay, cool. He, he, he did pretty well in, in that position. Like you said, he, he kind of in Cleveland sometimes is the ball handler coming off the bench anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think him no, going he back was. and playing with LeBron. That's, and that's yeah, how he, he was, transitioned so. into that in Miami. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, him coming to L.A. with LeBron, I don't think it would be a problem. I also don't think this roster that they have in L.A. is going to be a problem either. I, I think the biggest thing is uh, there's still so many kids there. So, like, LeBron with all those kids is something he hasn't had to do. Uh, I think in, in I think since he's been in the league, he's played with that many kids. Uh, going into a season. So I think that's where the issues are going to come from, not from the people that we deem to, to, to be the distractions. Uh, I think it will come from the fact that you're going to have Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma at times not really taking it that serious. And I think that will bug LeBron more so than Lance doing weird stuff, dribbling the ball or whatever. Um, but, yeah, if I'm Dwayne Wade, yeah, I mean, why not? Go there. I mean, go play with LeBron, finish out. With uh, a chance to compete, I, I personally think Miami's going to have a chance to compete. Um, but why not go out playing with your best friend? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know. I just think that would be a really, really good fit. Um, and you know, if, it, if 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 there's not going to be a room for him in Miami, and if they're just like, hey, man, like we love you and all, but we you know we just don't really have room for you. Like, like. Like hit up Magic Johnson, say hey, like I'm I'm down. Like I I don't see them saying no. So you know it it could certainly be a viable option for him. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, we got 
Hey, I was going to say real quick, though. Real quick, oh, yeah, yeah. Before we go ahead. I don't think, one, um, Lakers have already capped out their money, so they'd have to go to the luxury unless they cut someone or cut, like, a two-day uh, two day contract. But I also want not the luxury. See... You just mean over, over well, the cap. Well, I mean, they'd be over the cap, but I don't think they'd want to go over the cap. You know, I mean, that don't – I mean, maybe, yeah. I, I do like matter. it. What? Why not see what Houston – I mean, Houston does have some open spots. Those are your two other best friends. They kind of need some help. Dwayne Wade with that cast would be kind of good. I mean, he's not a defensive liability like Carmelo Anthony is. I mean, they've lost a lot of people, so they could definitely use him. He could sign the vets minimum over there with Paul, Anthony. And, I mean, it would be interesting. Houston could definitely use him from what they've lost this year. Yeah. No, I mean, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Um, not really something I, I had thought of, but, like, yeah. I mean, that would that would be great. And, you know, for him to kind of – and Dwayne – the thing is, Dwayne Wade's the kind of guy who could totally, like, essentially, like, when, when Harden rests, they put in Dwayne Wade. And when Chris Paul rests, they put in Dwayne Wade. It's like he can fit in in, in – kind of any kind of guard format. Um, and, you know, if you're going to utilize him, what would that be? Like, what do you think? They they both rest about maybe a quarter a game, like 12 minutes. So Dwayne Wade plays 24 minutes off the bench and plays half of that besides Harden and then the other half of it besides uh, – or beside uh, um, CB3. Like, yeah, that I mean that, – that would be great. Like that would that makes more sense as far as like, um, you know, as far as uh, a, a legitimate role for him. Uh, I love that. Um, I don't know if he would necessarily do it. He's obviously a lot closer with LeBron than he is the other two guys. Um, but nevertheless, as far as just like a role on a team, like that makes perfect fucking sense. Um, but you know what? I wanted him to go to OKC last year before he ended up going to Cleveland, and because um, <laughs> I thought the the fit would have been better. But uh, you know, inevitably he he went to Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I know I I actually I have no qualms with that at all. I love it, Juwan. What do you think about him potentially going to Houston? Uh, I really do like that. I actually thought um, if he was in Houston last year, it could have helped him out, especially when Chris Paul went down. Um, just having that, that extra boost uh, to, to kind of help that team, because at points, James Harden just seemed uh, seemed lost without Chris Paul uh, in that game seven. Um, but, yeah, him going there. Now, Luke, in this scenario, is Melo there also? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Luke? Melo would be there oh, okay. too, I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, you could have Melo. I mean, he doesn't like to play small ball four, but, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, you could put in different lineups where Melo wouldn't have to be doing that. I mean, I just think it makes, it makes sense all around. But, yeah, it would be, it'd be with Melo as well. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, like, let's say they don't get this Capella situation solved um, and you have to run a lineup. They will. Uh, or, I, I hope so. I really do hope so. But let, let's say, okay, so then let's go with the team. idea that they – There's there, there's no other team with cap space anymore. Like, no team – like, even the, the Kings are the only team that have some cap space, and they have, like, $11 million. So, like, like Capella doesn't have any other options at this point but to, like, work something out with Houston, so. That's true. Well, I tell you this. Uh, if he didn't like that first offer that Houston gave him, 
I tell you this, uh, he played hardball, uh, and it might bite him because I think Houston knows what you just said, and the offer might be slightly less than what it was before. Um, but yeah, I do but like you, the you also have to factor in the Gordon Hayward uh, situation. So That is true. That is true. Um, but I do like the possible lineup in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter of CP3, um, Wade, no, uh, Harden, Wade, Mello, and Capella possibly, like late in the fourth. Uh, you know, it's somewhat of a defensive liability. Um, but I'll tell you this. Mello, when, uh, when playing where he's comfortable and when really competing – Melo can play defense. I'm not saying Melo is a, you know, is is like a Kawhi, but Melo can play defense. He is just one of the Dude. most gifted, laziest people ever. I can't believe you just so said their names can... in the same fucking sentence. No, but he no, no, is no, one of the comparing. best shot blocking guards ever. I'll give him that, dude. Dwayne Wade can block a shot when he wants to. Yeah, I'm saying he's a yeah, big defensive but... player, but he knows how to do that for show. Right, but what I'm saying is, and even you saw flashes of it in the playoffs uh, against the Sixers last year, like Dwayne Wade can still play, like, serviceable defense. Melo, if you can get him to buy in, can play defense also. So it doesn't have to be one of those situations where it's like, oh, man, someone's going to score on Harden, Wade, and Melo. Like, no, those guys can come together and at least somewhat play good team back, uh, team defense, uh, if, if anything. And then you have your two anchors in CP – and Capello on the other end. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd love Wade to go there because you can move him around in so many different places. Like you even said, Nick, <laughs> something, God forbid, happens to CP3 again in a crucial moment. Wade is somebody that can that can, uh, that can be yeah. a backup point guard. And I'd say that's a yeah. lot better than what they had last year. So, <laughs> so I'm or completely fucking what the they idea. have this year. Fucking Michael Porter or what they have this year. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, man. And the thing I is, like, D- you D- take Wade a guy all the time. Yeah, and and like the thing is, you take a guy like Eric Gordon. Like, I mean, we saw what the um, Pelicans, you know, resulted in doing because of their lack of depth at the three. They just kind of slotted each one more in, in playing the three. Like Eric Gordon can play the fucking three. Like he's gonna be undersized, but he can play the three. So like. I think you just run like a three guard lineup, and then you you rotate in Dwayne uh, Wade uh, at your one and your two, um, and then you know you work in PJ Tucker, um, and uh, you know you you, you rotate Mello and um, uh, Anderson. You know gets you know a little bit of minutes there, um, and then you have Capella and Nene. Like that's I, it's not it's not I don't think it's as good as your lineup last year as far as, like, defensively, but you do have some intangibles there that um, – and, and at least you're better in, in some respects. Like, Dwayne Wade is is way better than – fuck, I can't even remember their backup – Bob Their quote-unquote backup point guard. No, their backup point guard. I mean, yeah, I remember a reason and, and Bob Mute, but um, I, I want to say his name was um, – shit – Oh, I can't remember. I think it was something brown, but I, I I could be wrong. It's not Sterling. He's in Milwaukee. Um, I don't think it's Troy. Anyway, doesn't matter. That's the point. Is I can't remember his name, and I literally know like almost every single player on every single team. So that, that's telling you something. Um, 
but uh but yeah nevertheless um yeah i mean he would he would be a, a, a huge upgrade in, in that respect so yeah good on you luke that's a that's a really good um good notion like good idea i i think he would as far as basketball fit that to me makes the most sense for him um and i think you could still do a lot with that team and i still think like you still have your first round pick like there's still potentially a trade out there that you could make um to kind of bolster your lineup as well so a lot of different um a lot of different options uh what would be funny you know would be real funny is if Melo signs with them and they're like this isn't working out and of course he's not going to get a no trade clause on a veteran minimum deal and they're like yeah fuck off Melo <laughs> like that would uh that would be um very humorous in in my book um anyway let's move on um <clears throat> to our 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 main story of the night CJ McCollum and Kevin Durant got some beef. Uh, so recently, Kevin Durant went on C.J. McCollum's show, and essentially, C.J. was basically saying like, "Hey, like, you know, fuck, man, I like when when Boogie Cousins signed with y'all, I was, I was pretty pissed, and like, essentially, it was like I I couldn't decide if I was like more pissed when." you signed with them or when he signed with y'all and he was like probably when you signed with him but like I was so pissed and it was and, and KD's like it's so weird like Kevin Durant's like why, like oblivious like he's like why you mad dog and, and CJ's like because I play in the same fucking league as you bro like do you not like get that like that y'all are stacked and you're just like making yourself even better like like you need to actually be better and uh anyway um, so this, this conversation, I won't say it got heated, um, but like essentially like it kind of came off to me, like CJ was trying to keep his cool and trying to like maintain a, um, you know, a, an amount of professionalism because it's his podcast. Uh, and, and, and KD just kind of, kind of just was, you know, I guess who KD is now and was just like, yo, this is post-burner account, KD. I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I'm just going to say what I want to say. I don't give a fuck if it hurts your feelings. Like, fuck you. And he pretty much was just like, yo, CJ, like, y'all ain't winning no championships, so it don't matter anyway. Like, I was like, oh, my God, dude. I can't believe you just fucking said that. Uh, on You went on dude's podcast, and then you told him, like, to his face, like, your your team's not going to win a championship, so why are you concerned with, like, what our team's doing? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, don't get me wrong. I fucking get, like, I, I understand that, like, what KD is saying isn't, like, it's not a lie. Like, I get that. But, like, boy, like, if your mama is the real MVP, then she should have fucking raised you better than that. You don't go on a dude's podcast and fucking insult him and his fucking team and tell him like, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be worried about us because your fucking team doesn't stand a fucking chance anyway, you fucking bum. Like, dude, that's just not, that's not, that's not human fucking etiquette. And that, like, KD has taken this, like, crazy fucking maneuver and he's like, he was this, like, seemingly, like, this genuine, like, really nice guy and maybe cared a little too much about what people thought about him. But, you know, like, 
um, you know, was was thoughtful and and well spoken and everything else. And then when he made this move and, and everybody got so mad at him, it's like he was just like fuck the world, fuck everybody. Like I'm gonna just say whatever comes to my mind. And, you know, if I'm being an asshole, who cares? Like, they all hate me anyway. And it's like, dude, this is, like, regardless of how the world sees you, like, like you should be worried about, like, how you, you see yourself, bro. Like, there's just no, like, when I was little, <laughs> I, I very much, when I would say something that was um, inappropriate, uh, it was it was like nailed in my head from a from a very young age. That's uncalled for. Um, my parents used to say that to me all the time. Like whenever I would say something that was, you know, rude or whatever, like that's uncalled for. And that's what that was. It's uncalled for. Like it's not like it's not like you had to say that. You, I mean, you could say any number of different things. Like, you didn't have to take it to that fucking level of, bro, your team ain't going to fucking win. Like, fucking kidding me? Like, y'all fucking suck. Y'all got swept. Like, fuck y'all. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck you being bad. Like, I, I just don't get it. And I just, fuck KD, man. I don't like him anymore. He's a fucking dick. I liked, I liked him when he was on Bill Simmons' most recent podcast. I thought he... I thought at least that kind of like the way Bill can kind of ask questions and, and get someone to open up. I think that's the reason they on several of those podcasts. But, um, but as far as this, like, that's just a, that's a real like fucked up side of KD that I, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm taking it back to my roots. It's just uncalled for. So anyway, and, and somewhat of a retaliatory tweet, uh, CJ McCollum, basically uh actually i'll just read it he said i still think the b word is a harsh or is harsh and shouldn't be used uh he he knows the decision was soft but i respect it it's like getting jumped with your brothers by a gang you shouldn't you should have beat uh then joining the gang that jumped you and your brothers two months later and forgetting about your bros and so basically katie fired back and said uh so i would get into a gang fight lose plot on my brother for two months in our home, and then go uh, get the game we lost to and beat him up. Uh, you think that low of me, CJ? Uh, I just did your your fucking podcast, Snakes in the Grass, boy, I tell you. Okay, first of all, KD, like, you ain't, don't even fucking use the word snakes. <laughs> like, don't even fucking go there. Uh, and let me just mention this real quick before I pass it. Uh, he also had the nerve to say that CJ needs to get out of his feelings, uh, like, during the fucking podcast. Like, please, please, Juwan, after all of this fucking shit that I've just said, defend your fucking boy, because I can't imagine any fucking way you can, and I gotta hear this. Go ahead. I am absolutely going to defend Durant. Uh, oh, I'm sure I, you are. I'm just going to fucking, I'm just, I'm just wondering how. <laughs> after, <laughs> after listening to that podcast, picture Durant. Picture picture being in Durant's situation. You made this decision a year or two ago to, to come to yep. the Golden State Warriors. You are still hearing about it. Get over it. I went to a Goddamn team right you are. I thought could help me not only achieve a championship, 
but elevate my game. I succeeded at both two years in a row. Get over it. Now, a team, uh, my organization, went out and got DeMarcus Cousins. Again, not my fault. I, I, I didn't hold the gun to the, the GM's head and say pass up on one of the greatest bigs that we've had in this game for, uh, what, uh, almost 10 years? Like, I, I don't understand all this ill will that Durant's getting for an organizational move. Like, you're mad because we have Curry, one of the greatest shooters. You're mad because we have Clay, one of the greatest shooters. You're mad I joined it. Okay, get over it. Get over it. And Durant, at this point, hearing it from CJ, is just like, why are we still talking about this? Get over it. I'm here. We swept you guys. So it's like, okay. You know, and then Durant, to where it seemed oblivious to him, is just like, why are you upset? And it's like, well, dude, because I have to play you numerous times and possibly in the playoffs. But Durant was just like, I think he is so sick of hearing it. I'll say this. When LeBron did what a lot of people thought was just the worst thing ever, LeBron, I think, and I, I don't remember exactly, but I think LeBron only heard, heard like, all the negativity for that season. Like, it doesn't still exist on, on LeBron's resume. Like, people aren't still complaining that he created the Heatles. So it's just like, all right, it's not the same situation. I get it. I'm not comparing it. I'm just saying – at that point, what LeBron did, they thought was the worst thing ever. So if I'm Durant, I'm really tired of hearing about something I had done a year or two ago. That's one. Two, CJ, I was just on your podcast. Everything you said in that tweet, you could have said to me in the podcast. Don't wait until I'm gone. And now you got, uh, as Shannon Sharp would say, Twitter muscle. I mean, uh, yeah, Twitter muscle. Uh, you could have you could have said that to me on the podcast. Everything you said in that tweet, you could have voiced it on the podcast. So, to me, that is a little snake because you could have said that when we were face-to-face. And it's just to the point to where it's like, if I'm Durant, I'm just so tired of hearing about it. Get over it. In all likelihood, Durant will probably leave next year anyway. So then you can stop complaining about him being on the greatest team ever assembled. Um, But it's just to the point to where it's like, listen, if I'm Durant, I get it. People think I'm super sensitive. I told you, Nick, that I thought he uh, was insecure with, with his actual decision, um, that, he, that he thought he needed to defend himself in, in areas he didn't need to defend himself. You did what you thought was best for you. End of the story. That you do not have to keep going at people who are calling you out for doing something you thought was best for you. I mean, at the end of the day, you making this move won't stop you from going to the Hall of Fame when your career is over. It won't stop you from them calling you a two-time NBA champion, two-time finals MVP, uh, you know? So it's just like if Kevin could get that through his head, I think you would hear less and less of, of this kind of retorts from him because it just wouldn't bother him anymore. Like it, once he realizes you're still going to the Hall of Fame, you are a two-time possibly going on three-time NBA champion, these are things that they can't take from you. So all of the chitter-chat, does not matter. So I think once he gets that through his head, you'll see a lot less of this. But at this point, I think he's just so enraged that he has to continuously hear this in a negative um, that he just feels as though he's defending himself at every which which way, and I think he doesn't need to. So once he gets that through his head, I think it'll be so much better off. See, and, like, here's the thing. I don't mind if he, like, defends his decision. Like, I just feel like he constantly goes over the top to do so. Like, there's no reason to fucking, like, like, just 
beat a guy down and, and, and insult him and his team and everything else. Like that's just, that's fucking, that's just being a fucking dick. Like that's plain and simple. Just being a fucking dick. Like, dude, could you imagine like Juwan, like let's say, um, we went on, uh, you know, like, uh, collider and, you know, you know, they, let's say they, like fucking picked up somebody from I don't know screen junkies and and we were like damn dude like I can't believe you joined them like y'all are fucking stacked dude or some shit and like you know and and basically I, it's not it's a it's a poor analogy because it's not the same as sports but anyway like let's just say they were like well like what do you care like you're never gonna fucking make it like dude you'd be pissed you'd be like what the fuck dude what the f- you don't fucking get to say shit like that like fuck you like well that's just fucked up man well, in that respect yes it was unnecessary for him to to go as far as he did but if someone came to me and, to and keep was saying it, like let's he said it multiple fucking times it's not like what he I'm just said it once someone if if i went and i joined collider and then someone was saying instead of me building geek vibes with you guys and just creating our own collider. I went and joined an already established media company. Right. And then someone, and yeah. then I went on someone's podcast and they felt the need to bring that up in that fashion to where it's like, Juwan, you know, I mean, you just got blah, blah, blah on there also. And you know, I'm, I'm still upset. You even went and did, it's like, dude, I don't want to hear that. Bring me on your podcast to talk about anything else than what I've already heard for two years consistently. I get it. The league's not happy that I went to the Warriors. I didn't come here for you to give me what I could get on social media, uh, NBA's sure. the jump. I, I don't need that. So I sure. think every Juwan. time you mention sure. that to but, KD, but it's a switch that goes off, and then you get his negativity. Yeah, but, but like, as a good person, would would you result to, like, fucking saying the shit that he said and be like, fuck I mean, you. Listen, like, I, your podcast is shit anyway. Like, you're never going to fucking make it, so why do you care? Like, you know, like... Listen, it, if <laughs> if someone had attacked something that was a a very soft spot for me, I can't promise you that I wouldn't be that that upset. If it was a really soft issue, you know, like like a really sensitive issue for me. And obviously, that is a very sensitive issue for Durant. He is tired of hearing it. So, I mean, yeah. it's not even like, like, I get it. You want to bring up that DeMarcus Cousins going over there is so crazy, but leave it at that. Just like, man, come on. You guys got DeMarcus Cousins, too? Like, this is crazy. Like, you guys are super stacked. And then move on. Don't bring, me, don't bring my decision up in this conversation when you know that is something I hate to continue to hear and or talk about. So I'm not saying CJ deserves to be disrespected like that. I'm just saying if it's something that I'm sensitive about that you are bringing up that you know I don't like to talk about, you sometimes might get a response like that. But I'm not saying that it was right. I'm just saying I could understand how it would upset him enough to say something like that. Sure. Well, and, uh, I mean, weak moves create soft spots. You know, what what can we say? Um, But, uh, Luke. What are your thoughts on this whole uh, <clears throat> shindig? No, I mean, I kind of understand where you're coming from, Jawan, but, I, I mean, I got to sway more with uh, Nick. I mean, I just it's, it's a type of arrogance that you come. 
I understand you don't like that topic, but he barely briefly brushed on it. He came in with the DeMarcus Cousins thing, and he's like, don't, don't get me wrong. It more got me mad when you got there, but he's more talking about DeMarcus Cousins. But I'm sorry that you're going to go, like, this deeply, man. Like, you said it deserves a response and all that, but, like, man, he really went in. Like, he was saying some, like, pretty, like, Knicks touched on some things, but he also said, like, come on, man. Uh, like, because CJ was like, yo, we were the three seed. Like, he was excited about that. Like, come on, like, don't hold my city down. He's like, yeah, but you played like an AC dog. Like, come on, man. Right. That's the type of disrespect you just don't do to someone. And if you really listen to it, too, like, he's just kind of arrogant. He sounds like he's eating, like, peaches the whole time. Like, like yo, dude, I'm KG. I don't care about nothing anymore, man. Like, you just really did, like, why, like, why would you just get like that, man? Like, you kept on, like, going in about it. Like, no, nah, dude, you guys aren't good. Like, really, you could have, like, yeah, you could have hit that. Heard him say, like, hey, man, you know, it really bothered me more. And, you know, laughed it off and be like, you know, dude, it was really big surprise, too. I was just as shocked as you when we got Boogie Cousins. I didn't even know about it, man. I mean, but he's like, you know, man, that's the way some things happen in basketball. Bam. That's the way you could do it. Very professional. And then you said CJ should should have said something there. No, he was very professional about how you do it. You don't want to cause a fight. You don't want to be like, yo, man, well, F you. And then now you're in this battle and you're whole podcast is going downhill from there. I mean, no, he kept it very professional. And, yeah, he, he should have known there was going to be a response coming. I mean, he didn't – CJ didn't just come out and say that. That's a retweet that he's retweeting off of someone. But, yeah, you sh- Katie, you should know that, yeah, I'm going to say something as soon as you leave because you really just disrespected me to the highest level on my show, man. Like, I don't know if it was live and Katie's right in front of him, but if I was – if I was CJ, I would have hung up on him if he was, like, on my show and, like, started to go into that. And, like, oh, my God, I don't know what just happened with Katie. We somehow got cut off, guys. Uh, sorry, I'll try to call him back and all that. And, like, be that's it because, no, dude, we're not doing this. Like, you're not disrespecting me, my city. What do you want me to say? Like, I'm sorry I barely brushed on a topic that I know you don't like. That and you're this, so butthurt yeah, about? Yeah, that you were so buttered, but this really about the Boogie Cousins thing. You could have just played it off so much easier and be like, yeah, man, crazy thing is, he's like, you know, I'm excited about number three. Damn, that's just calling the shot like, you know, you're not going to ever win. Not like really digging into like Portland's thing. I mean, come on, man. Like, CJ McCole and Damian Lillard are really good. At, and like, he did kind of brush against that, but it was just like, I don't know, man. Out of nowhere, Katie's got this like spiteful, like, I was always like, picked on right now and now I get to be a bully and he's just a straight bully right now dude I do not like this Kevin Durant at all I loved him as a player I miss the Durantula I understand it was a good basketball move and all that but you have to understand there's gonna be that backlash even when LeBron went to there yeah he didn't get it as long but you never heard LeBron picking out like that that's why right. it didn't like after a while it didn't no one cared because LeBron didn't show how much it hurt his feelings LeBron's like, I don't care, dude. Like, never run snap back at people. Well, like, Durant keeps on doing this to on. himself to make it more relevant because he keeps on showing that it means more. You never saw LeBron on Twitter or on anything being like, yeah, well, F you and blah, 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 and, and I'll do what I want. And, With burner and this, account. And account list, like this, well, like, hold, yeah, I'm going to talk shit on my old team and, and everything. Le- LeBron did embrace it. Let's not forget that. As soon as the, all that negativity is coming out. No, no, no. I'm not comparing it. Huge I'm just difference. saying LeBron did LeBron did say, all right, I'll be the bad guy. They even came out right. with the all-black jerseys. He sure. was embracing being the villain. The biggest difference is, to LeBron's core, that's not who he is. That's never been who he is. What I'm trying to say is, this maybe is Durant's core. Maybe this is who Durant really is. I mean, because a player like this never turns this draft like, like – 
Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, this isn't wrestling. Like, people don't have heel turns. So this is obviously who Durant is to his core. Or if it wasn't, it would show. I don't show. think it so, would show though. Because he wouldn't be – there's no way you are able to continue the level of – and like you said, Luke, I won't argue with it, of arrogance. I think he's insecure. who you are. No, no the, I think he's what insecure. I'm is be, I don't, being, being spiteful – I think his spitefulness is a product adapt. of his insecurity. I don't think he is – is is just naturally that spiteful. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he I is don't just know. a dick. That's not something that just develops. That's something that could have possibly it, been there. But, but it, it has, has just like, developed. Like, there was no reason for it to come out. No, think about it. There was no, re- there was no need for Durant to be this spiteful in OKC. There was no negativity oh. attached to the guy. None. Right. So None. It's, it's based on his insecurities. But that's what I'm saying. That could be something that's deep inside that guy that if you bring out, it'll come out. It was just never brought out. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it turned. It just turned on over the course of the last two years. It was something like insecurity was something that was attached to Durant. There was just no – there was nothing bringing it out. Like there was no one in OKC like uh, questioning him or calling him out or anything like that. So there was no need for the backlash from him. Now that he's being embraced by the level of expectations, the level of negativity from people, the name-calling, the constant storylines and stuff, the insecurity is now amplified. And now it's to the point to where he feels as though he needs to defend himself in moments where he does not need to defend himself. I said that. What CJ said was not wrong. It wasn't mean. Like, he didn't need to come that hard. What I'm saying is, I get why he did because he is just so tired of hearing it that it just he snaps when he hears it. I mean, the video that I showed you and Luke, him getting all sassy with the the reporter. The reporter was just saying like, "Are are you guys good?" Or was this just like you know how like NBA players on the court will yell at each other and then after the game you guys are hitting the club up together like you know are are you mad? And then the level of sassiness that you get from Durant. It's just like, all right, that was unnecessary. But what I'm saying is, at this point in Durant's, uh, in Durant's time in Golden State, he's just tired of hearing it. Like, think about this. We hear very little about the idea of him being a two-time champion, him being a two-time uh, finals MVP. We hear more about how maybe him being in Golden State wasn't great for the league. Now adding DeMarcus Cousins. Like, it, they're such huge juggernauts. He should have went here. He should have stayed in OKC. It's at the point to where it's like, He's just like, listen, I'm not hearing any positives. You guys are always coming out with the negative. That then makes me respond with negative, which he shouldn't, but it makes him respond with negative and then just makes everything bad. But like I said, I'm not saying CJ was wrong for what he said. I mean, if I played, if I had to play Durant numerous times and then possibly swept in the playoffs, I'd be like, yo, dude, like, I, I hate this. Like, I hate this so much. Um, but all I'm saying is I get how you could be so tired of hearing other people's opinions about you in a negative way that every time you hear it, you just possibly snap. Yo, yeah, yo. I can't um, I want to. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. Wait, Sorry. <laughs> um, I want to go back to something that Luke said because, like, he he brought up the point that CJ was very professional, and I think that was – um, something that was important um, as far as how the conversation went while they were having it. Um, because if KD had said to me, be honest, bro, you know you ain't going to win, I would have been like, 
you know what? You're probably right. And you want to know why? Because you joined a 73-win team, you fucking bitch. Like, that's what, like, that's what would have been in my fucking head. And, like, that's why I take CJ's side in this. Because CJ was just like, yo, like, trying to, trying to keep everything on the tracks, trying to keep everything, like, moving forward. Like, like basically trying to be, like, like defend his team and his his team's like honor and 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 you know his while still trying to move the conversation forward and KD just, just would not let it go and it's like I, at, at some point I probably would have been like you know what fine let's let's have this fucking conversation then bro like because like yeah you know why we can't fucking win anymore because you fucking completely changed the fucking game and like <clears throat> don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I, you know, Jawan, I've said this. KD made the best basketball decision for him. Um, I still contend that he did not make the best legacy decision for him, and he did not make the best personal decision for him because this is fucking completely altered um, his. I'm not gonna say it's altered his personality, but it's altered the way that his perception and like the way that he conducts himself, which has seemingly has an effect on his personality. And I, I don't know, man. I just think that, um, it, it like it, it's, um, while I understand it from a strictly basketball perspective, I understand also why it keeps getting brought up because it's like, the thing is with, with LeBron, um, you know, going and, and, and forming the heat, like you said, oh, well, he didn't get as much shit. But the, the, it, it wasn't the same as, it, not even like LeBron joining the team that beat him and you know, everybody brings up that, like, you know, sure, like that's different too, but like it, it's not the same in the fact that, like, they, like it, it, yes, they won the four years that LeBron was there, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't, outside the realm of possibility that another team could beat them. And until the, until Houston this year, it was just like completely outside of the realm of possibility. And even when they got through the East, they lost twice in the West. Like nobody well, sees them losing to any team in the East. So like, it's like maybe Houston could give them a run for their money. And then it's just like, but any team that comes out of the East got no shot. So, and then you had, and then you had Demarcus Cousins, like, dude. It's it's. It, I I think, at the, at the risk of getting um, uh, sort of psychopolitical, um, it it, it it's kind of like the narrative of, you know, the the rich keep getting richer and the poor right. keep getting poorer, and yeah. I think that's that's you know that's a kind of a hot button issue with a lot of people right now and you know, it's kind of leaked over into the NBA and it, 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 understandably people are fucking pissed about it, you know? I know, but th- what I'm saying is, and I know Durant will probably never understand this, but I wish I could just have a sit down and, and talk to him. You said him going to Golden State you didn't think was a great legacy move. Here's why I disagree on that. I don't think at any point in Durant's career – we thought he would be in a conversation with Jordan and LeBron, which are like 
the highest tiers, and then you know underneath there is like at Magic, no point Bird, in Durant's Green. career will he ever be in the conversation with right. Jordan and LeBron. At right. no point right. in Listen his career will he ever. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. That's what okay. I'm getting to. Hold on. So that's why him going to Golden State does not affect his legacy. Again, he will still make the Hall of Fame. He will still be known as one of the greatest shooters, uh, well, scores. I'm sorry, not shooters, scores of all time. He is a and he'll be known as the guy who went and joined the greatest regular season team of all time. Right. And what I'm after saying they is, beat him. what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you're telling me my legacy when I when I retire is that I won three, maybe four four championships. Let's say I was a Finals MVP three out of the four times. And uh, I am known as one of the greatest scorers of all time. You can add an asterisk to it all you want. That doesn't matter to me. I still earned every single thing that I got. I didn't do any performance enhancing anything. I didn't cheat. I I worked my tail off. Well, yeah, we definitely know he didn't take any any steroids. (laughs) That's that's evident. So all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if I'm Durant, I know how hard I work to try to become one of the best ever. And if I retire a four-time champion, three-time finals MVP, one of the greatest scorers of all time, I'm fine with that. That does not affect me going to the Warriors is a negative narrative, but that does not diminish my legacy. So if he could just understand that, I think he'd be more at peace with the idea of people constantly talking about it. And you get a calmer Kevin Durant. I do not know why he is still not at peace. Two championships later, this guy is still getting upset about this. I it completely. I I have no idea. I don't I don't know who's yeah. talking to him, but someone needs to talk to him and tell him, hey man, gotta let this <laughs> this hate go, man. Two time NBA champion, yeah. let it go. Hey Luke, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still with you. Okay, I want to ask you. Legacy-wise, not as far as skill or, you know, um, let me just strictly legacy. Who do you think has the better legacy when it's all said and done? And granted, I know I'm asking you to look into the future here as far as Durant's career, but um, Dirk Nowitzki or Kevin Durant, like who has the more like solidified legacy as far as, you know, Um, ability, as far as stats, as far as reputation, as far as everything, who would you go with? It's kind of hard just because, like, Dirk's just never done anything wrong to the Dallas to show, like, I'm, like, like he's just been very loyal. I mean, I could see if you were going to go LeBron, since LeBron kind of did the same thing and, like, looking. But I still think Kevin Durant's going to get past all this. I think he's done after the third year. If they win or not, he's just done. I think his next chapter will be really fun, Durant, and all that. I hope he goes to a team and helps just make a team that's not been there a while and really take it to that next step. He can do that with any team because he's just that good. So I think in the end, Durant will probably, just because Durant's impact, yes, Dirks, don't get me wrong, it's great, very skilled, I mean, very, like, transcendent big man. I mean, no one shot like him, his post-up game, but it's just in the end, Kevin Durant's going to be more to the game. He's going to do a lot of things. I really think his next chapter is going to be big. It's like when they said, like, you could tell 
Like, LeBron's championships in Miami, they're fun and all that. But when he won that first one in Cleveland, it just meant so much more. And I think right. Kevin Durant will finally understand that and it'll really change his mind once he gets out of this Golden State thing. But in the meantime, just ride it high and all that. And, you know, you're going to be this bad guy. But I still think Durant's going to come through it in the end. I think Juwan just is in the just wants to love him and all that and has to see how this one thing because I do think he could be going to New York and help out those Knickerbockers that have not been good since the the 70s. I'm just messing with you, man. I'm sorry. Uh, but, no, I mean, I can really see him, you know, going to a team, going to a team like that, going to a franchise that's not been there in a while. You're still going to get the, the spotlight and really just helping just that one franchise out. I mean, Durant can do this with any team. He's like a LeBron, just – Throw him on any type of situation. So, I'm just going to go into Durant and the factor that, yeah, Dirk was very loyal to his team, but just his impact of Durant's going to mean so much more to the game of basketball all said and and, done. And here lies my point. It should not be a question. Like, it shouldn't – like, I love Dirk, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Dirk's one, one of the five best power forwards to ever fucking play the game. Um, but like, it should not be a question that Kevin Durant's legacy is, is better than, than Dirk Nowitz. And the fact that like, you have to sit there and you have to be like, yeah, I'm probably going to go with Kevin Durant. And, and like, I know you, like we've done this enough times to where like, if you're emphatic about something, you're going to be like, fucking no question, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, but the fact that like, that's what I mean, like that to me, like that's, how but I mean that it tarnishes like his legacy. Right That's why I was just tough. But see, see he just shows like a Nick, very golden boy that's not a bad person. That's why it's like hard to put me in that spot. That's why if you said LeBron, that's when I could be like, okay, Kevin Durant maybe just because, yeah, they did both did some crazy things. LeBron did one with Cleveland, so he could do it with L.A., but I just, you know, that. But it's just he yeah, shows no, like a I Tim Duncan that player. That, that was my, like my point was child. to put you in a hard spot because that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, okay. It, it, it should be it, – it shouldn't be a hard spot, but it is because of where we are now. Now, where we finish might change everything, but, like, where we are now, like, that – that's – to me, like, he's at a point right now. He's at, like, a crossroads, and I, I agree with you. I think – if he wants to submit his legacy, he needs to leave Golden State. Like, I don't think he can finish right. out his career in Golden State and and like have everything, um, have the legacy that he deserves. Because um, the thing but, is, man, I still I still contend if he had stayed in OKC with a GM like Sam Presti. And the fact that you're seeing now they're willing to spend the money that they weren't willing to spend back in the Harden days, and you've got you know all of the financing behind you and everything else, and a great GM, and you you, you know you had a, a sidekick in Russell Westbrook who who you know has his flaws but is still a fucking tremendous player. They would have beaten them. They would have. Like there's no way they would not have beaten them at least one year. There's no fucking way that they would not have beaten the Warriors at least one year. They were so close to beating them that one year. So, like, yeah, but Durant and LeBron LeBron possess this superpower that no one else in the league has. And what that is is the ability to rewrite their own legacy. Like, think about it. 
that whole the, that whole decision thing that LeBron did, that whole going to Miami, a lot of that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And again, I'm not comparing. But mostly, but that rubbed a lot of people the wrong Cleveland way. Mostly Cleveland fans. Like I don't feel no, like no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about it was it was a thing to where a lot of and let's not let's not forget not only him creating the Heatles, him losing the finals that first year, him losing the finals awesome. that first year, and and the idea that LeBron has lost more finals than he has won. These are all negative things that go towards him. Once he sure. won in Cleveland against Golden State, Nick, I am telling you, when you get all the way down to, like, let's say 20, maybe 25 years from now, we're looking back on LeBron's legacy. If he, That one that he won in Cleveland, super special. If he wins yeah. one in L.A., no one's going to remember that. Now, to go to KD, let's say KD goes to Washington. <laughs> let's say he goes to Miami. Just let's say he goes to the Knicks. Judy, if he wins. Really good for you guys. Did you notice the irony there, too, Luke? What? Why you're laughing? Like, Maybe Washington? Not. I thought you were going to say Toronto. Like, come on. Like, what are you saying no. Washington? I'm like, he's saying all the teams. No, I, I said Washington. Right but... I was I laughing because he said if he wins one in L.A., no one's going to remember it. And last week he was saying if he wins one or two in L.A., he's going to be known as the greatest Laker of all time. And I'm telling you, he will. But to my point, if Durant <laughs> can go to one of those franchises in How's the going to be the greatest Laker one... of all time if nobody fucking remembers it, Juwan? No, I'm not saying they wouldn't remember the championship. I'm saying no one will remember all the negative things that were attached. Like, no one's okay. going no okay. to care that. He lost more finals he left than he and won. Went to like, LA. That, gotcha, gonna, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Gotcha, that that's gotcha. not gonna matter. That narrative is not gonna matter. So if Durant can come east, win one maybe now, two though. championships. No, no, it doesn't matter now. But if Durant can go to the East, win one maybe two championships, I'm telling you, when it is all said and done, that will outshine the idea that he went to to Golden State and joined those juggernauts. If he could do something like that, that is how you rewrite your legacy. And I agree with you guys. That is something that is needed. But what I said was it doesn't – him going to Golden State doesn't diminish it because at the end of the day, you can't take away everything that Durant's brought to the game. I'm saying in the respect of people not using that solely against them, you go east to one of those teams that are like average, maybe like bad, and you bring them a championship, especially in a place like New York, Madison Square Garden, all that all that will be will – be, I won't say a race, but people would care less about that and care more about the idea that you brought the Knicks or you brought the, the Hawks or you brought Toronto or whoever a championship, something that they hadn't had in so long. So that would mean I will say that this. he's trying to – go ahead, I'm sorry. If he does decide to join the Hawks in some kind of weird um, multi-free um, agent move, uh, I'm going to have to swallow a lot of words. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I ain't getting on I ain't getting on that bandwagon yet. Ain't no fucking way, man. Like, I, and you know, I'll still stand by what I said because I'm with Joel, man. It's it's a it's a weak move. It always was a weak move, and you know, like I I, I get it. I don't. I, it's not that I don't get it, but nah. But I, I to to. Respond to what you were saying, though, Juwan. I, I ultimately agree. Um, he does have the power to rewrite his own legacy, um, and if he chooses to come out east to a team um, and 
try to try to make a contender. Um, you know that that could go a long way. I mean, and and I don't even necessarily think he has to join like a uh, like a, a a middle of the pack team. Like he could like go to Philly and like next year and join them, and like he would be the man on that team. Yeah, he's got two other guys, but like, I mean, he's still like the guy, and you know, like that kind of that kind of move could even really save his legacy. I mean, I think it wouldn't, my point being, it wouldn't matter what team he went to. It's like any team that he went to that wasn't kind of looked at as like, all right, you're going from, uh, you know, you're joining, like you're going from the Warriors uh, to another team with three all-stars and being the fourth all-star who just won 73 games. Like, there's no team that's going to fit that moniker. So, like, any team that he joins will, it, it like, it will be like a sigh of fresh air for NBA fans, like true well, NBA wait, fans. Wait, wait, don't, don't say that, Nick, because there's reports that he might be interested in joining LeBron. That would be equally as bad if no, he went from fun. Golden State to going with LeBron. You would be okay no, with would... LeBron and Durant on the same yeah. team? Yes. Oh my god. That'd be no, a lot of no. fun. No. 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 What? That no. would be totally on, fine. Who what are their no. all stars on the you team? You still have Golden State. You still have Golden State. Time out. Think about this. It'd be good. It'd be good. It'd be fun. Think about this. If Durant goes to the Lakers next year, the Lakers yeah. have so many more moves they could make, so many movable pieces. They could easily sure. flip some of those young guys into another all-star, and then it's the same exact thing again. No, 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 no. No, it's not the same exact thing. It's more like the Miami Heat, how they built a team. They still got to fucking figure out their chemistry. It's not the same fucking thing, bro. Don't compare it to the Heat, though, because you got LeBron, who's the best player in the world, Durant, who's the second best player in the world, on the same team. Yeah, well, LeBron was the best player in the world when he joined the Heat, and Dwayne Wade was like the fifth best player in the world when he joined them. So it's pretty much the same fucking thing. No, it's not. You can't compare Wade, what he was like in 06, uh, 07, 08, to what Durant is right now. That's two different Yes, you can. No, you you can. Yes, you can. Dude, you just forgot how great Dwayne Wade was in his prime, bro. No, 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 no. After Shaq left, after that championship, what was what was Dwayne Wade doing before LeBron came there? They didn't have anybody else Dropping on that team, bro. On the Celtics, dropping thirty-four no. playoffs and What I'm playoffs? saying is Dwayne yeah, Wade. When he was, when he was doing okay, I get you. But are you saying it's on the same level as where Durant is right now? Yeah, you put Durant on the Sacramento Kings and and let me know how they fucking fare. You can say the same thing about Dwayne Wade. That's I'm what I'm saying. Comparing those two Dwayne, players. Dwayne Wade was essentially on the Sacramento Kings after fucking Shaq left in, in between Shaq and LeBron. Like that, that's what they mm-hmm. were. He, they were just they yeah, were. But at the, no point uh, were you saying Dwayne Wade was the second best player in the league. No, I didn't say that. I said he was like the fifth best player, which I mean right. I feel like he Durant probably was right. Okay, yeah, yeah, like second, that. fifth, like okay. So you're gonna tell me Kevin Durant <laughs> is 
is miles ahead of fucking Anthony Davis, like or whoever you think is the fifth best player in the league right now. Like, come on, bro. Or look, miles. What, what do we mean by miles? What do we mean by miles? Like, like literally head over, like head, like you would definitely, without thinking, take Durant over over AD. I I don't. I'm just saying. Of course, I would take Kevin Durant over AD. I'm just saying, right. like. Uh, no, that's not my point. My point is I would be fucking ecstatic if I had AD, just like I would be ecstatic if I had fucking 2005 to 2010 fucking Dwayne Wade. Like, Yeah, that's I'm not my saying point. Dwayne Wade was a scrub. I'm just saying where Durant's no. at now, I, I think know you're not better saying he was a than where scrub. Wade was, than I'm where Wade was that. when, they, when saying, he joined the Heatles. I'm saying the discrepancy is not that much. Is all I'm saying. No, um, but I'm just—I I don't know. It'd be weird to see Durant and LeBron on the same team. I want to see them against each other at all times. That's all I'm saying. No, I—I I wouldn't mind it. I would rather see Clay Thompson, um, honestly. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, uh, Luke, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Um, as always, and we'll see you next Thursday. All right, bro. Yeah, I'll see y'all next Thursday. Y'all, peace out. All right, man. See you, brother. Take it easy. Jawan, we still got some uh, yes, some beef, some more beef to talk about. <laughs> Mello, Mello talking <laughs> shit about OKC. Um, I mean, essentially, I don't have the quote in front of me, but essentially, what Mello was saying was he had to figure out a lot of shit on his own, and there wasn't uh, someone else or other players uh, to help him kind of acquiesce to his environment and his situation. Um, what what do you think about these quotes? Um, obvious shot at Russell Westbrook um, mm-hmm. and, and, and a kind of a vague shot, maybe Billy Donovan, um, maybe Paul George, kind of vague as the who the others are, but, um, but obviously a shot at, at Russ. Um, what 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 do you make of uh, his statements as they pertain to the Oklahoma City Thunder? Well, one, Melo needs to take um, accountability. I mean, he's not a rookie, so you can't go into a situation with veterans and say, well, no one made me feel comfortable. Like, well, you're a veteran. Right. Figure it out yourself. But yeah. I will say um, it goes to what I've always felt, which was I don't think Russell meshes with alpha males. And for some strange reason, Melo still thinks he is an alpha male. Now, the reason Paul George works with Russell Westbrook is because that guy in his mind, I don't care what anyone says, never sees himself as the guy because he plays like it. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me me pump the brakes on that for a second. I think Paul George George saw himself as the guy in Indy. But I think Paul George – is a very he's a very interesting individual and I think he sees himself as a good Robin to Russ's Batman and he doesn't mind the yeah. role. And and I I so I, I take umbrage with you saying he never sees himself as the alpha. I think he just assesses the situation and he can realize that like this team is going to benefit the most when 
you know, Russ is the alpha, I'm the beta, and then everybody else is, is, is you know, kind of working off of us, which, as you said, kind of Mello never exactly bought into. But I will say this, uh, Russ, Russ got Mello a lot of shots and some clutch game game time, like game-winning, you know, uh, play shots. And, um, you know, I, they tried. Like, Russ tried to pull back the reins and um, – let chemistry, let the other two try to get theirs and, you know, try to figure things out. And it worked for, I don't know, maybe a month out of the season. And then when it didn't, of course, Russ resulted back to doing what Russ does. And I think with Mello, you know, not on this team, we're going to see a, a new kind of interesting dynamic with this one-two punch from, from Russ and PG. But anyway, um, back to what you were saying. Um, so Mello could never really buy into this. Um, I'm not an alpha. And right, I, I mean, I, the point I was making about Paul George was in in Indiana, he had to be the alpha man. There was no one else. Like there was no one right. of his caliber that he could say, right. "Okay, you take it, and I'll follow." So he had to be. Now, I by no means am I trying to diminish Paul George as a player. He has just always frustrated me because I always felt Paul George should be in the conversation as one of the best in the game. I thought that back when he was in Indiana going head-to-head against LeBron. I thought he had that potential. And then it was just like I felt like in those big moments, he just couldn't – I won't say step up because I always, I always feel as though when people say that, it's, it's like disrespectful. I just He never could really like make the play to, to try to get them over the, the, the hump. Um, a, a lot of that, that, that game seven, I think it was game seven or game six, they were really trying to push it heavy to Roy Hibbert. And I'm like, but you have Paul George. Like, why isn't he being more aggressive to get this, these games won? Um, so I think, like you said, he's just more comfortable being a number two. But that's why I said he meshes with other alpha males because he's not looking to come in and say, this is my team. So right. it works because – no one, you know, everyone expected to be Russ's team, so no one's looking for Paul George to take over. So he's comfortable in that. Indiana, you right. had to. There was no one else. Um, but back back to the point, Melo needed to take uh, responsibility. But, like I said, it's, I feel as though if, if you think you're an alpha male, Russ knows he's one. I don't see how that, how that meshes. Um, and you've heard from, you know, you heard Enos Cantor come out and say, well, that's not true, but it's like, well, you're not a <laughs> – you're not a, a Kevin Durant, Paul George level kind of guy. So that's why to you, it didn't seem like Westbrook was taking food off of your plate. Cause you were just a role player. Um, but I mean, a, a lot of this, I do blame on Billy Donovan. He just could never figure out how to get the three of them working. Um, right. and, and, and that, that was a huge issue. You have mellow, great score, Paul George, great two way player, Westbrook, great everything and you couldn't make that work at least to get yourself out of the first round? Are you serious? I blame a lot of that on Billy Donovan. And as a head coach, it is your job to get everyone in positions to where they're comfortable and can excel. And if Melo's saying he felt as though he wasn't put in those positions, I get it. I I, I do get it. I mean, that seems – he never said it, but it seemed like that was part of KD's issue. It just – it seemed as though he was – go ahead, I'm sorry. 
I would just say I think I think that I think that ultimately if Melo wanted to be put in a position to exceed uh, or succeed rather he should have come off the fucking bench that's where he could have succeeded but he wasn't willing to do it so I think it's while I agree that a lot of this team's woes go back to Billy Donovan, I disagree in the fact that, you know, if if Mello really wanted to help this team, he would have bought into that kind of um that kind of role. But he never did. He never would. And I think that ultimately is something that ended up hurting them because they were more effective in the starting five with Jeremy Grant. And I think, and you can, I'd I'd like to hear your opinion on this. I think they're going to be a better team this year. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that because everyone's playing uh, the the kind of basketball that they're comfortable with. You don't have anyone doing anything that they're not comfortable doing, or you don't have anyone doing something that they think they should be doing, but the coach is having them do something else. You have everyone who fits their exact role. They're definitely right. going to be a way better team than they were last year, and I, I'm 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 not that I'm not that huge of a fan of Melo that I'm blinded uh, by the idea of he does he does become anchored to teams instead of life vests. So I mean, you look at Melo and you go, man, like if you had just kind of fixed things here and there, you could have made it work. I mean, we just finished right. talking about the fact that Dwayne Wade, which I think we can agree. Uh, through career career wise is a better player than Melo. He yeah. was like, sure, I'll come off the bench. I'm not happy with it, but I'm not going to make a big deal. I'll come off the bench. And in coming off the bench, found out he was a better. He could play point guard now. You know what I'm right. saying? You said he even took that with him back to Miami. So if you're yeah. Melo, you have to go. Okay, well, I'm not as explosive as I used to be. I can't do this. Can't do that. Maybe I come off the bench and find out something new about my game I didn't know. And maybe I could latch right. on to that and help this team win games. He refused to do that, so I refused to feel sorry for a guy who didn't do everything it took to win basketball games. So that's why I stand with Melo. I do get that Billy Donovan could have done a way better job. I do get how if you think you're an alpha male, it's kind of hard to go, like, to pair up with Westbrook's kind of alpha male uh, mentality. Uh, But at the end of the day, if Melo did everything he could to win games, and it still didn't work, then I could understand and maybe feel for him a little bit. But he ref- he blatantly refused to do everything it took to win basketball games. So in, in, in that result, I don't feel sorry for him at all. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I think I think ultimately what it boils down to is Melo's a little – I think he is – I think he's a little bent out of shape because – it was obvious that the the Thunder didn't want him anymore. Um, obviously, they, they wanted to clear cap space, but also obvious that they did not want him, um, and they were going to use his expiring contract in order to clear cap space. And so I think this is what he's saying now is kind of a referendum on how he perceives um, the team as a whole. And so naturally, the the punching bag that you go after is Russell Westbrook in that sense, and then anybody else who falls in line with that. 
And so I think that's really what this boils down to. Um, like, if you're mellow, like, dude, you've played like shit in the playoffs. You played fucking terrible. You were probably the least effective player on that team per your talent. Um, meaning, like, you know, as far as anybody who is as talented as Carmelo Anthony is should play better, like, you played so far below your, your capabilities. Now, maybe that was schematics. Um, I, I doubt it because the team constantly catered to what you wanted them to do as far as how you saw the team and as far as how you saw yourself on the team, um, which is why I think they're going to be a much more effective team this year. I'm, I'm, I'm very much – uh, in agreement with you as far as that's concerned. I think everybody knows the role and everything's going to be a little smoother. Um, and, of course, they'll have Andre Robertson back, which will help a lot. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I think I think it's petty. Um, you know, and, you know, none of us are above petty. We all get a little petty sometimes, especially when we feel um, uh, maybe – uh, what's the word here? Um, scorned, you know, when, when you feel scorned, you, 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 you tend to maybe delve into a little bit of pettiness. And in the age of social media, uh, that pettiness, uh, you know, gets broadcasted. So I, I understand it. I get it, but I, I got to agree with you. I think, um, ultimately, um, it's it's a lot of nothing uh, as far as what he is saying. I hope that he can go to Houston and get everything worked out, and I hope that Chris Paul can be the guy who can talk him, can talk to him, and relate to him, and get him to buy into whatever role is actually going to help that team. Uh, I am skeptical of that, but. If anybody can do it, I think it's Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul could do it even better than LeBron James because I think LeBron would almost be kind of a little too passive in in his approach. Whereas you know Chris Paul's a dick, dude. Like like let's 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 not beat around the bush. Like he's got that reputation. He's a fucking dick. He's an asshole. Um, like he he tries to play it up in his commercials and everything, but like we all know, like we've heard enough around the league. Like Chris Paul is a quote unquote difficult teammate to play with, which means that Chris Paul is fucking blunt. He'll tell you how it is. He will fucking tell you how he sees it. And I kind of think that's maybe what Melo needs. Like he needs somebody like that, like like CP3, who will be like, bro, like come on, man. Like, we need you to do this. Don't fucking, don't be an asshole. Don't fucking sabotage this team because of your fucking sense of pride. Like, come on. We need you to come off the bench. Get us buckets off the bench. Average fucking 12 to 14 points a game in 25 minutes and fucking play a little bit of defense while you're at it. You know, like, I think yeah, I mean, CP3 is the kind of guy who could relay that to him um, and, and get him to buy in. Yeah, no, my biggest issue isn't even CP3 or anything like that. My biggest issue is, uh, for our listeners, I'm a Knicks fan. So I remember the last time I saw Melo and D'Antoni work together, and I recall right. it didn't work out. I recall Melo yep. actually wanted D'Antoni to be gone. 
So I'm pretty sure D'Antoni's not that thrilled to have Melo back, especially after seeing what just happened in OKC. Um, and if I'm Mike D'Antoni, I'm not even in the slightest naive about you're not changing your personality in the course of leaving OKC and coming here. Like, I know them them uh, pretty much buying you out didn't humble you. Um, so if I'm D'Antoni, yeah. I'm watching that closely, and I'm, I'm letting upstairs know, like, the first chance I feel as though he's sabotaging this team with his attitude, you've got to let me get rid of him. Um, so yeah. that's what I'm going to look very closely Well, and that to. is the luxury actually of signing him to a vet minimum. Yeah. Right. He has no um, – uh, what do you call that? Uh, no trade clause. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if yeah. I'm Dean, uh, as as a fan of Melo, the first thing I'm going to look at is when D'Antoni pulls him in the fourth because he's, of course, somewhat a defensive liability. My first thing is going to be to see the reaction that Melo has walking by D'Antoni to go sit down. That's going to let me know how that <laughs> entire season will play out. That's a, that's a very, very good point. Um, let me ask you this. Let's say Houston's a two, OKC's a three seed. They're meeting up in the conference semis. Uh, who are you taking? As of right now, uh, with their rosters, let's assume that Houston has brought back Capella, but they haven't made any other big signings. Um, and let's mm-hmm. assume that OKC's roster is intact. Um, mm-hmm. Who are you taking in a seven-game series of I'm- those two teams? I'm taking OKC in five. Damn. Five? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, w- I would go OKC in seven, so I'm with you. Yeah, I think OKC would win a series as as currently constructed. I mean, to me, what it boils down to is Houston took a huge step back as far as defensively, um, and just OKC getting Bingo. Robertson back. And, and having Jeremy Grant um, in there um, and his defensive capabilities. Like, essentially, you have, if you're OKC, you have four people on your in your starting rotation who are plus defenders. I mean, you got Robertson, you got Paul George, you got Jeremy Grant, and you got uh, Steven Adams. So, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm right there with you. But, like, five games, damn, like, uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah. I, if, if we I, had more time, I, I'd tell you why, but it can wait. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to let that wait. But, uh, but yeah, very interesting. Uh, as always very fun show. Uh, Juwan, you're always here. You're always sticking out with me to the end and I love it. It's always fun. Uh, what do we got coming down the pipes? We got anything coming on next week? We got about, uh, 50 seconds left. Biggest thing, biggest thing, I won't even need all 50. Biggest thing is we have our brand new website becoming live by the end of this weekend. Stay tuned for that. That is the biggest thing. If anything else pops up, we'll we'll bring it up Sunday. But that is the biggest thing. Check out our website coming live soon. And that is uh, gdnation.com, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. gdnation.com, everybody. Go check it out. We'll have – a lot of full color press articles on there in the future, written by yours truly, as far as uh, the most of them are concerned, as well as uh, some of our other writers as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, and all of our other material. So check that out, and we will see you next Monday. Join in, join us on Sunday for Geek Fives Live at eight o'clock. Until then, peace. Peace.